My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me is my husband, Pat Francis. Hello, Pat. Hello, honey. Do you want to tell everybody why we're here? We're doing that thing we did last year where people send in the log lines, and then they send in the music that they'd like, or the song that they'd like to be in their movie, or that most represents their movie, or gives you the feel of their movie. Right, or TV show. Right. Or TV show. Or TV show. And uh, we did this last year. We had a lot of fun doing it, but mm-hmm. we um, we had some, some overage. We too many. Yes. So we took some of the people who couldn't get their stuff read um, from last year and also got some volunteers this year. So I think we've got what? We've got like 13 submissions, something Th- like that? 13 log lines, 13 songs. Great. And um, and just to let you know, this is something that is fun to do on the show. Talk about the, show, the, the song that you have to have in your project. But remember, in your actual script, you're not going to write in this song plays here because it's just not your job. Your job is to convey a tone or a feeling that would make somebody scoring it mm-hmm. want to use that kind of music. But for now, we can play around. What if it's a scene where people are like at... Uh at a bar, and can you write in uh, Cheap Tricks Surrender plays on the jukebox? Can yes. you put stuff like that you in? Could, you could because that's part of the story of that scene. And okay. you just have to know that later on, if they can't get the rights to that, um, that something will be substituted where they can get the rights. What would be a, a song that, that would still be in the mode of? You mean if we couldn't get Cheap Tricks Surrender? Yes. Mm, nothing there's oh, nothing so, as good really, as that you're yeah. one of those one of those filmmakers you would have to I, I'm pretty sure they could probably get that song but <sighs> it's cheap trick surrender or nothing I'm out of here I walk I would just say okay, let's try and get it guys <laughs> I would say could we get cheap trick to play in the bar and it won't be on the jukebox they're actually playing in the bar they're the bar band so now we know the song that has to be in your movie right it's just a good song no that was actually just in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 so oh. Okay. Disney was able to get it. I don't know where they got the money. <laughs> they came up with the money. So, so this is a rock solid on the page mashup. Everybody should remember that uh, Pat Francis, my husband, who's here alongside me, has a weekly podcast that's a music comedy podcast. It's so good that even I listen to it and I don't even like the music that he plays at home. It's that good. Does that is that a good commercial for your... That's yeah. a really good commercial. Hey, I don't like the music he plays on the show, but everyone please listen. No, no. The music that they play is terrible, but you'll like it. No, the music that you play, and, and it, because you go deep, it makes me actually like listen and respond. I and play deep songs at you, home. Like, you just, you've just... You too now. But you know, like you're you're talking about who produced it, and, mm-hmm. and you know what drummer was in the band that year, and then you have actual guests on yeah. that are like really fancy guests. Yes, yeah. yeah. um, we've got Melissa Etheridge, mm-hmm. John Waite, the Zombies, Suzanne Hoffs, yeah, Lisa Loeb, right, Steve Lukather. Oh my God, Bruce Kulick from Kiss. 
Wow. Lots of people. And so you've got great guests and and great topics, and so I can't recommend it enough. Working on getting Stuart Copeland from the police. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be great. That was that was so awesome. They contacted me. What, we, what am I going to say? We were in the car, and then suddenly, like Pat, like checked his email, and he's reading something, like actually from a, Stuart Copeland's actually people. A message from his PR person. Oh, I played it so. through the Bluetooth of the car. Fancy. <laughs> All right, so 13, uh, 13 log lines, 13 songs. Right, and I'm going to give some input on the log line, and then Pat is going to talk about the song, because if even if he didn't have it in his songs, uh, people were nice enough to say, you know, here's the music, and he found it, and we're going to talk. I had to buy a couple of these. <laughs> so, a couple people owe me so dollar people, tw- yeah. people owe me $1.29. <laughs> Some I had to pull from. I pulled a couple from YouTube because I couldn't find them anywhere else. So, but that's and some people gave me links. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of illegal. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so our first person is Scott Schrader. I think it's Schrader, not Schrader. I what? think I've been through this with Scott before. I'm sorry if I'm see. I would always pronounce Scott. that Schroeder, but I think it might be Schrader. And I think it's Scoot. It's not Scoot. It's Scott. It's Scoot Schroeder. Cut it out. Anyway, Scott is from Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Scott. Um, not sure if he submitted in 2016 or 2017, but this is his logline. A misfit soldier, blinded in war, is offered the chance to see again via a new cybernetic implant, but soon realizes it may be manipulating him into an insidious mind control program. Got it. Yes, I do. Okay. All right. So the song he picked, it's called, it's Untitled by Radiohead, and it's from their album Kid A. Wait, <laughs> I have to give, You have to say more stuff? I have to give some feedback about the log line, okay? And then we'll go into the song. How come you pointed to me? I didn't. Yeah, people, she pointed to me. Yeah, I think it was just my regular gesticulating. I get mm-hmm. really, really excited. Oh, she did it again. Okay, so the song no, is... stop, stop. No, didn't, that wasn't a point either. Right. No. Okay. You, you tell me when to go. You're going to do it again? I know you I'm and not going to do it again. Rules of seven. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Scott, um, that is a very cool idea. We've got this soldier. He's, he's blind. He's offered the chance to see again through this cybernetic implant, but soon realizes it may be manipulating him into an insidious mind control program. Totally cool. Um, so there's just this, the tiniest thing that I would change. Okay. Which would be get rid of a misfit soldier blinded in war. Okay. First of all, you're going to hear misfit a lot in these log lines. It is one of those overused adjectives, but also, you know, the thing that's really defining him for us in a way that we've never seen on screen is a soldier blinded in war. So that's all that you need. And then instead of is offered the chance to see, this sounds so nitpicky, but I'd make it is given the chance to see. So it's not an offering. It's not a discussion. It is, we understand the opportunity comes to him. Everything else I would keep. And he writes, very much enjoy the show. It's one of the highlights of my Fridays. Thank you, Scott. Um, Now let's talk about the song that Scott picked. All right. Now this is from a band, a very popular band. It's a band that's not in my wheelhouse, even though I hate that term, wheelhouse. (laughs) But the band is Radiohead. Uh, The kids love them. They sell a lot of albums. (laughs) I can't get into Radiohead because the lead singer, Tom York, Uh he reminds me of Martin Short. Uh, This character Martin Short did in a Saturday Night Live sketch where they were synchronized swimmers. And Martin Short wasn't the brightest guy in the pool. 
And that's what Tom York looks like to me. So wait a minute. So that's why you can't listen to Radiohead yeah, because of that very specific yeah, I can't get, thing. Yes, in- can't get by it. All right. So this is from the album called Kid A, which is one of their, I think it went platinum. It's one of their biggest albums. Everyone loves Kid A. This is though is this a very deep track. It's a hidden track. It's the last track on Kid A. It, it says untitled here, so I don't even know. I don't even know if it has a title or if it's called Untitled in the album, but uh, this is it. It's 53 seconds long. It's kind of a slow build, so I'm just going to start it at the beginning. So this is Untitled by Radiohead on Kid A. Hard now, to sing along to that too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, learn that on your ukulele. <laughs> Pilar is now playing ukulele. I am. I'm. I'm teaching myself the ukulele. I love it. She's playing it like a. But champ. that is not a ukulele <laughs> song. Nor can you yeah. hum to that song. Now, what's that's more of an atmospheric musical piece of music. Yeah. I don't feel that that's. Uh, and, and like, if you couldn't get the rights to that, I'm sure someone could create something that would give you the same effect. But I think that's why it's so cool that it is atmospheric. I mean, again, think of the log line, right? Misfit soldier, what? Not misfit. Sorry. Uh, A soldier blinded in war, cybernetic implant, manipulated into insidious mind control. That's Mm -hmm. like getting inside of the mind of an insidious mind. (laughs) You, you almost went into a little bit of mind control (laughs) when, when we were listening to that. I almost had you convinced to give me a foot massage. No, that'll never happen. Moving on. Okay, we've got James Adkins. And thank you very much, Scott. That was super cool. Um, James Adkins and the title of his project is Daughters. The logline is, in a post-nuclear apocalypse world, a young girl must fight against a religious cult obsessed with global repopulation. Okay. Very nice. All right. So uh, I think, and I think you mean a post-nuclear apocalyptic world? Do you think that's, or a post-nuclear apocalypse world? In a post-nuclear apocalypse, probably apocalyptic. Yeah, maybe. All right. Do you so, think? Yeah, I think so. But I think the, the, the thing that um, I, would, I would add to it, other than grammar issues, is um, what kind of a girl? You have a young girl must fight. Okay, so maybe there's an adjective there besides young that might speak to her personality more. And instead of uh, just must fight against a religious cult, give us a sense of what that looks like that makes it a movie. Must do something to fight against a religious cult obsessed with global repopulation. Because otherwise it's like, what does that mean? Does she go and just hold a protest sign or does she lead a movement? So, so the thing she does is really important to, to express your movie and also to beef up your log line. So again, 
In a post-nuclear apocalyptic world, a young type of girl must do something to fight against a religious cult obsessed with global repopulation. But I have to say, it's definitely another cool sci-fi idea. You like it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the song he picked is from Johnny Cash. It's from 2002. The song is called Hurt. And this is a, a cover of a, a Nine Inch Nail song. And this was written by Trent Reznor. And this is a really great song. And let's hear a little bit of Hurt. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? That's super cool. It's super cool. It's um, for, He did a bunch of albums produced by Rick Rubin called The American Albums. This is actually volume four called uh, American Four, The Man Comes Around. And yeah, these are super uh, popular albums. All the hipsters would get these albums because, you know, Johnny Cash was cool again. <laughs> and uh, my only thing about this song is this is becoming one of those songs like um, Bad to the Bone, by George Thorogood or Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. This is becoming the go-to song for soundtracks. It was just used in, in March in Logan to great effect. I mean, it's perfect when you saw the Logan trailer and you heard the song, you're like, Oh my God, and this is going to be great. It's, it's perfect when you hear it. It yeah. is, you know, just I'm reading the log line over and, and hearing that song and it does that, that post-apocalyptic feel, you know, that idea of a young girl. Um, so if you can still find something that captures that, it would be great. Um, but yeah, if it was, if it was used in another movie with that kind of feel like Logan, it's becoming, it is becoming overused, maybe a cliche type of a song. Uh, and this album also sold a million copies, which is incredible for Johnny Cash in 2002 to sell a million copies. I think a lot of the reason is because of that song and the title track, The Man Comes Around. Well, James, you, you're in good company. You yeah. picked a, you did pick a great song. Beautiful song. Um, and now, uh, like when, when this is actually made, gonna have to find one just like it. That's right. <laughs> um, I loved Logan, honey. I was so glad that you made me watch that. It was that movie. It just, I mean, it could stand completely alone, right? You don't really need to know no, you don't where need it to stands know. in the Marvel no, You don't need to know anything that. about Wolverine or anything. Yeah. I think it totally stands alone. I'm going to try to get you to watch a movie tonight. What? Look, she's already negative. What? What? Um, what? John Wick. Okay. All right. Have you watched it? I have not watched it. Okay. My, my Our nephew lent it to us. Okay. So, Kyle. Yeah, but that's, I mean... And I he think, loves it, right? 
Oh, sure. He loves it. Yeah. Look, I got to watch these things, right? I, I got to know what's out there. Yeah. So. It's, it, the guy who directed um, Atomic Blonde directed John Wick. So the action is probably going to be great. Well, whatever it did, it did right because everybody loves John Wick and there have been, wait, how many John Wick movies? Are they on number three yet? Are, they have 17. Of them. <laughs> I really missed two. it. They've done two. I have them both at home, but we'll watch the first one. Okay. Because you're not a sequel person, really. I am not. Unless, unless it's the ninth time we've seen Logan, then you're all in. <laughs> how many, what, what Wolverine movie is this? The ninth one? Yeah, I'm in. I'll watch that one. <laughs> okay, so the next guy is... Jay Carroll. And the title of Jay's project is The Plastic Fantastic. The logline is, a hapless slacker finds himself on the run from a European gangster when he buys his fiance a knee-weakening sex toy that turns out to be filled with smuggled diamonds. How about that? That's, uh, that's quite a movie. I'd like to see that movie. <laughs> Actually, so far, I'd like to see Scott's and James's for sure. Yeah, this that's one though, some jumps out for some reason. <laughs> Something about this one. So I think the thing I would do more of is describing the fiance and doing less of is describing the sex toy. So um, even though knee weakening sex toy sounds pretty cool, mm-hmm. one would uh, assume that um, you know just just having a sex toy that turns out to be filled with smuggled diamonds mm-hmm. is probably you know kind of cool enough you don't have mm-hmm. to add that so so this is what i would do is a hapless slacker finds himself on the run from a european gangster when he buys his describe the fiance what kind of fiance you uptight. know what's her personality she's uptight yeah see like that would completely change it right mm-hmm. uh when he just when he buys his let's say uptight fiance a sex toy that turns out to be filled with smuggled diamonds you know or it could be the opposite of uptight mm-hmm. but it makes a difference to the story and right. therefore it makes a difference to the log line. So, uh, what you, Oh, what's the song here? Well, the title of his project is the plastic fantastic. And his song is by the Jefferson airplane. And the song is called plastic, fantastic lover. So I assume, assume that he took the title of his movie mm-hmm. from this song. If he didn't, what a coincidence. Pretty that crazy. Would be. Pretty oh crazy. My God. Pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't want to crawl into Jay, this, uh, Jay's mind, though, because who knows? <laughs> now, I can't pronounce the title of this Jefferson Airplane album. Okay. Uh, surreal. Surreal. But this is surrealistic. There, I did it. Sur- surrealistic Pillow Aww. is the title it's of so the album. It's cute that you can't pronounce that. When this album came out, you were one year old. Thanks. Not even one. Could we? You weren't even not one. Not keep telling everybody. This album came out in 1942. Reminding them how old I am. Came out in 1942. Yeah, that, that's funny. That's funny. It was, a, it was a 78. Okay. And you could play it on your Victrola. No, this is this Shut is uh, this is the first platinum album by a Jefferson Airplane. The reason being that this had the song uh, "White Rabbit" on it and "Somebody oh, love to Love." Song. Oh, I love that song. Um, I have those songs. I have a bunch of songs, but I did not have this one. This was written by. Marty Ballin, the other singer in the band. I assume he's going to sing this. So listen to Plastic Fantastic Lover. Her neon mouth with a bling and soft smile, nothing but an electric sign. You could say she has an individual style. She's a part of a carnival time. 
Super steel lady chrome cover clothes you wear Cause you have no other But I suppose no one knows You're my plastic fantastic lover Just wanna hear a little bit of that bass Like it Yeah Feels like the 60s Yeah Feels like we just dropped some A <laughs> Just drop some A. Yeah. I didn't want to say the word. Don't do drugs. <laughs> but I love like, you know, again, like think of the log line, right? European gangster and the, he buys his fiance a sex toy and smuggled diamonds. And then, then hearing that song, yeah. it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. It totally works. Nice. Thanks, Jay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to buy that album now, I think, because I, I like the three songs I've heard on that album. Maybe I need to get that album. Well, there you go. Just, uh, Jay just made some money for Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Way to go, Jay. <laughs> uh, the next person is Nancy Brindley Bajia. And Nancy has submitted uh, for Logline episodes. And, um, well, let's, let's go for it. Uh, her Logline is, To impress the girl of his dreams, a painfully shy high school student takes a road trip to New Orleans in search of a voodoo potion to make him the best dancer at the prom. Pretty cool. <laughs> that is uh, fun. Like all of these these ideas are really great. This is a comedy, right? Whenever there's a voodoo potion involved, it's usually a comedy or a horror film. Yeah. This yeah. seems like uh what what if a gypsy came up and touched him on the cheek and said, Dancer and then he just became a great dancer. Well here's here's the thing. <laughs> that would be good. That would be great. And then he just keeps dancing, keeps dancing, can't stop dancing. Can't stop dancing. Right? Just like... He just, he's burning so many calories that eventually he just disappears. Right. Exactly. That would be good if that was the idea, which it is not. So the idea is that uh, we've got this guy who takes this road trip to New Orleans in search of this voodoo potion, right? So because Nancy is highlighted, takes a road trip to New Orleans, I have to imagine that that is the movie. Like a bulk of the movie is yeah. being on the road, which means that you need an adjective for that road trip to make, make us understand that this road trip is unlike any other, okay? We understand that his goal is unlike any other, but why is the bulk of it, that road trip, so interesting? So to impress the girl of his dreams, a painfully shy high school student takes a adjective road trip to New Orleans in search of a voodoo potion to make him the best dancer at the prom. Now, Nancy, I'm going to say one other thing to you, which is maybe your script isn't a road movie, or maybe it would be best served by having it be after he gets that voodoo potion, because I want to know what happens next, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to, you could start with after taking a road trip to New Orleans in search of a voodoo potion to make him the best dancer at the prom, a painfully shy high school student does what? Like what happens next? So that could be another version of your logline or even of your script. Um, we're going to go to the song. What song is it? Uh, this is a great song. This is a song that I, I would be surprised if everyone doesn't know it. All your listeners, young and older should know this. Well, definitely older. This just seems like a song that's ingrained in everyone. I don't for know. some, you know, some of these, some of these seventies disco songs. I don't know. Maybe I should give the year that you were born. And then well, we I'll tell you all... what. I was eleven when this came out. Were you? And I still love it. Well, this came out in nineteen seventy-five. This is Casey and the Sunshine Band. Let's hear a little bit of "Get Down Tonight." 
Wildcat. Dance. Loving. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Fade it down. Who can ruin Casey and the Sunshine Band? We can. We can. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I have to say, I do love that song. That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Again, that's from a self-titled platinum album, Casey and the Sunshine and Band. And perfect for a, a movie that is about a high school student who wants to be the best mm-hmm. dancer at the prom, right? Yeah. 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 I wonder if go. this is a period piece. I'm looking I wonder here. if it's set in the 70s. You know, I think she may have said it was... I'm not it's also, sure. That's also then even more perfect. Yes, it would be. Okay, um, the next person is, I have as, as Jan Rodewald, but it might be Jan Rodewald. I'm sorry. Um, Jan or Jan is from Germany. Thank you so much for writing in. The title is Julie, and uh, the logline is, after accidentally killing a man in an illegal duel, a misfit French noblewoman has to find out why she is willing to risk for the love of another woman while... Wait, is that right? Oh, I said it wrong. Can I say it over? I'm going to say it over. Sorry, guys. It. Okay. After accidentally killing a man in, a, in an illegal duel, a misfit French noblewoman has to find out what she is willing to risk for the love of another woman while being pursued by a meticulous police officer obsessed with bringing her to justice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, Jen writes um, that this project is loosely based on the life of Julie Daubigny, Daubigny, who had quite an adventurous, non-conventional life, and it felt very modern to Jan, um, and said also that the movie has some road trip and Western elements. Um, so my notes on this, uh, again, get rid of the misfit thing. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with misfit characters, but the fact that she's a French noblewoman really defines her here. Okay. Um, also, uh, maybe has to find out what she is willing to risk for the love of another woman, um, might be taken out, um, because it's sort of, it's, it's cluttering the, the project. We've got sort of two, two different projects going on. One is her love affair with this woman and the other is being pursued by this police officer. So here are two options. One would be, after accidentally killing a man in an illegal duel, an unconventional French, uh, that's right, unconventional, not misfit, sorry, an unconventional French noblewoman is pursued by a meticulous police officer obsessed with bringing her to justice. So that's one version Mm -hmm. that gets rid of her love affair with the, the woman. Or, here's another version. To protect the woman she loves, a French noblewoman kills a man in an illegal duel, only to be pursued by a meticulous police officer obsessed with bringing her to justice. So, one is about the pursuit mm-hmm. and the fact that it was accidental and she's a victim of that. And the other is about the fact that she did this to protect the woman she loves. Put them all together, it's a little cluttered, so you got some options there. Sorry, it was a little cluttered when I was explaining it, too. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, well. Um, so what's the song? Okay, the song is called Summer Wine. It's from an album called Nancy and Lee. And the artists for that are Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood, uh, both solo artists in their own right. 
but Lee Hazelwood actually wrote the song, These Boots Are Made For Walking. Okay, that I have learned have. on the ukulele. Yes. So Lee wrote that, and Nancy had a number one single in the U.S. and U.K. in 1966. So in 1968, they decided to do an album together. So I don't know if there was any romance involved with these two hmm. or, or what. But um, Why do you assume this? They're, they're maybe they're just, you know, it's just a professional relationship. Mm. They wrote well together. Mm. You know? Well, she didn't write. He he wrote. Well, but they collaborated well together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. This is Summer Wine. Strawberries, cherries, and an angel's kiss in spring. My summer wine is really made from all... Silver spurs the jingle too A song that I had only sang to just a few She saw my silver spurs and said let's pass some time And I will give to you summer wine Ooh, summer wine good tune that is cool i'm gonna learn yeah. that one on the ukulele too oh please do yes please do he <laughs> likes to put boots in all of the songs he writes well because he wrote that song well see this is where where john was talking about uh this west the western elements mm-hmm. in that or at least that feeling of that in in his project and uh and i i love this in something set in 17th century france i think those two elements actually work really well together like it no that's good i'm glad yeah i liked it too i thought it was i thought it was good cool the um there's a there's a story about nancy sinatra filming the title song for you only live twice for the uh james bond movie where that they could not get a good performance out of her so they think they pieced the song together from 68 different takes Really? Or something like that, yeah. She sounded good on that song. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they were just... A, do you think that's a real story? I'm going to say it is. I don't know. Sometimes mm. I get... I, you know, the feminist in me wants to stick up for Nancy Sinatra and go like, well, of course, because she's Frank Sinatra's daughter and they, you know, they got to... They got to sort of take her down piece by piece. And are you saying you know, a bunch of music industry guys from the '60s would make up a story? Yes, I certainly am. All right. I am. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna root for Nancy. Go, All Nancy. Right. All right. So our next person is Hannah Partinen from Finland. Thank you for writing in, Hannah. And Hannah has a. I think it's a movie called Suicide Mission. And the logline is, a depressed and suicidal Finnish girl travels to Israel in order to be accidentally killed, but the plan is jeopardized when a failed Palestinian, Palestinian suicide bomber falls in love with her and decides to keep her alive. Oh, I remember this. Because, because Hannah also submitted this to our logline contest with Matt Belknap uh, co-hosting. So... I think the one piece of advice you got then is probably the same one you're going to get now, Hannah, which is get rid of depressed and suicidal. One assumes that a suicidal person is probably depressed. Um, 
Oh gosh. No, I had a little bit of a, a of a change here. A suicidal Finnish girl's plans to be accidentally killed in Israel are jeopardized when a failed Palestinian suicide bomber falls in love with her and makes it his mission to keep her alive. So um, I kind of took some of the stuff that you had, like um, her traveling to Israel in order to be accidentally killed, and I edited that down to a suicidal Finnish girl's plans to be accidentally killed in Israel are jeopardized when and go right to the actual movie version of this. Uh, For those of you who submitted your log lines, I'm going to send you back in written form um, some of my changes so that, you know, sort of scribble them down and go, what the heck is she talking about? Why don't you record your changes uh, musically with your ukulele (laughs) and send them like a file? Don't dare me. Don't dare me. And by the way, I know that my ukulele playing is driving you crazy. No, you're good at it. I, I just, it's only driving me crazy because I can't play an instrument. You I, picked it up in in three hours. You could play songs. I think, I think though, it's a little bit annoying, and I'm kind of loving that because I think after 20 years of of somebody going here, listen to this Queen I, song, I, I, just, I get to annoy you back. I have noise canceling headphones, <laughs> so I just throw those on. All right, now I I don't really have anything to do. Uh, now except play the song because I don't know anything about the band. The band oh. is Radio Utopia featuring, uh, and then this is a person's name, I guess, B-A-J-K-A. Bajka. Bajka. Or, or Bajka. Radio, Radio Utopia featuring Bajka. But I, I've, I couldn't find any information about this band either. So We are so unhip. It's ridiculous. This, uh, this song came out in 2010. Okay. And the song is called You... Human, or as I say in Pennsylvania, you, human, <laughs> human loss and gain. So let's hear this thing. Ready? Yep. That must be Bajka. Life for love amongst death and peace. History's repetition is that wars won't sleep. Love is doomed by passion from the two of the well. Oh my god, I love that. Well, I love that. That is super cool. That's my favorite band, Radio Utopia. Well, I'm telling you. Make you a mixtape. Okay. I got right. that song and then that, and I have that one. Okay. Put it put it on a, on a what, 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 I don't know, download it to me. What? Put it on a cassette. Put it on a cassette like we used to. Yeah. Remember that mixtape you made when we were first dating? Yep, all songs you don't like. It was a real it was a real tape. It was a real cassette. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, what, it's called a mixtape. Was it 1995? Mm-hmm. Holy cannoli. Anyway, Hannah, that is a really cool song. And even though it's a suicidal Finnish girl, right? And then, you know, she's in Israel and we've got this failed Palestinian suicide bomber who falls in love with her and makes it his mission to keep her alive. This is what's keeping it from feeling so, so, I don't know, dour. 
you know, it, it actually has this kind of uh, clip to it. And now I can, I can, I can see the pace of the movie. I can feel the pace of the movie. Nice. Okay. And we're going to Diogo Costa, Diogo Costa from Portugal. Um, and his logline is a young woman goes on an unusual date with a dreary monster on the day she decided to kill herself. You just perked up at monster, didn't you? Well, cause I was wondering, is the guy she went on a date with, is he like just a horrible person? So he's referred to as a dreary monster mm. or did she really go on a date? Like what if there's like monster.com and you can date, monsters well you know what that is a huge question and yeah. and something that i have the same question um yeah and uh if it is fine it's it's we're taking it that way dreary monster because yeah. it's a movie and we can do that now he does write i'm cheating with this because the log line is for a graphic novel i'm working on but i can see it easily adapted into a feature i hope that's okay so assuming since it's a graphic novel i assume that's a real it's monster, a real monster yeah yeah um, he says, I picture the song playing in the middle of the second act where I have a montage sequence or at the end credits. It's a surreal dra- dramedy, very dark. And yeah. All right. Okay. So, oh, um, so just, just my real uh, quick fix to the log line. How about adding a goal to it? So on the very day she decides to kill herself, a young woman goes on an unusual date with a dreary monster who, what's the goal? Okay. So you tell us she goes on a date on this woman that on this, on this day that she wants to kill herself, but it's sort of, if there's a finality to it, that mm-hmm. feels like, and yeah, like if I, if, I, if, if it was a day I wanted to kill myself and then my date was a dreary monster, then that would push me to kill myself. Right. And it also kind of feels like, Oh, that's the surprise, the end. So this yeah. way we're saying, you know, she, on that day that she decides to kill herself, this young woman goes on an unusual date with a dreary monster who wants something so what's that monster's goal and now we make it even more more exciting than it just being a monster and together they come out the other side this way possibly maybe possibly okay so what is the what if he what if the dreary monster actually felt like she was a dreary monster that could who knows i mean look she's she's trying to kill herself and what's with all the suicidal people people I don't know. Come on. I, I hope that the I hope that the song's not it's a downer. Get happy. This is uh, from 2013. The band is called Cults. Not the Cult. It's Cults. Okay. From an album called Static. They're on Columbia Records. They are an indie pop band, and this song is called We've Got It. motioning for me to turn it uh, to <laughs> I think you were lost in the music for no a I liked it <laughs> I liked it plus this is my job I don't tell you what to do oh, over on so that I'm side sorry of the table. okay all right I'm with a 
the music rights police coming after The him. next song coming up, You Were One, when it came out. Oh, so stop! Cut it it's out! True. It's true. Stop doing that. Wait a minute. No. What? Yes, You Were One. Oh, shut up. All right, well, I guess we'll go to the next song. Then. Wait a minute. Yeah, what? You Were One. <laughs> I'm not giving out the year it came out. Yeah. Something called Google. Okay, let's go to the next person who is david wales from albuquerque new mexico and the log line uh starts like this 1991 a young man shakes off the emotional burdens of his family's fringe religious beliefs to work a drug-fueled summer in yellowstone where he is freed to explore the darker reaches of his own personal charisma that's uh that sounds kind of fun yeah kind of kind of quirky coming of age kind of stuff um so i the the thing that i fixed a little bit was take off 1991 we'll find that out when we read the script i don't think that it really changes the log line this is like 1991 isn't something that like we read it and go oh yes oh remember 91 right now for us so awesome because it feels like yesterday Mm -hmm. especially but i i would understand maybe if you're young you go wow yeah but we go back in time um so also you have uh, is free to explore the darker reaches of his own personal charisma, which seems like a mouthful. So I wrote here, a young man shakes off the emotional burdens of his family's fringe religious beliefs to work a drug fueled summer in Yellowstone where he is freed to pursue his darker goals and desires because it, there's clearly something he, he wants you know, it makes you feel like, oh, I've got to read more to find out what he really wants underneath. But saying explore the darker reaches of his own personal charisma just sounds to me like maybe he gets laid a lot. I don't know. Hmm. I'm Interesting. Not sure. But maybe that's what it's about. So so what's the song here? So this is a song by Pink Floyd, and it's from their debut album from 1967. The album is called The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And this is interesting because the song he chose... It is the first song on the album if you bought the UK release. Hmm. If you bought the US release of this album, this song isn't even on the album. That, that happens sometimes in the, in the 60s. Like the Beatles US version of Revolver wouldn't be exactly the same as the UK version of Revolver. So what would be the the goal in that? Like um, get you to buy both get things. Get you to buy both things or to, seek it take out. Take a visit to London or, or or maybe maybe whoever was re- was releasing the album in the US didn't think that that was a you know a song that would that jive with would Amer- like. yeah. So now the title of the song that we're going to play is called Astronomy and then I don't know how to say the the word again. Domine. Again. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, you have that in front of you? Yeah. Okay. Astronomy Domine by Pink Floyd. And this, this, is, this is when Sid Barrett was in the band. This isn't when even David Gilmore's not there yet. This is Sid's there. So let's listen to, say it again, like how you said it. Domine. Astronomy Domine. <laughs> Around the icy waters underground, Jupiter and Saturn, both are on the right, around the time. Neptune 
shaking your head. You were giving the thumbs down. You did not like that that song at all. I didn't, and then I started to like it, and then and then I didn't like it in the end. <laughs> but again, it's you know we we do this on rock solid all the time. It's like you know it's hard to judge a song on on thirty seconds. So and then you can't really judge the album on just thirty seconds of one song. And so. you got to see how it matches the logline. And he's yeah. got drug fueled summer yeah, and yellow so stuff. Totally, so that definitely matches. Yeah. Although I would argue that if it is set in nineteen ninety one, what about something that creates the same spirit but was released that year? Because some Seattle this is very sixties seventies yeah. what yeah. we just heard. There's some druggy Seattle grungy songs that you could put in there. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so we're thank you very much to oh, you're welcome <laughs> to David Wales. From no, Albuquerque. my pleasure. <laughs> this next one is Paul Rose Jr. You know Paul. You see I, him at at uh, at the writing marathons all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. one of our proctors. Yeah, he sits at the uh, he sits at the desk, and then I come in, and he says, "Oh, do you want do you want the desk?" And I go, "No, you can keep sitting there." <laughs> that's and a then, conversation with Paul. That's the conversation. What's no, the we have we have more than a con- we have we have more conversation than that. But, but Paul's a regular listener to the show, mm-hmm. and uh, he has written something called The Darkest Night. And the logline is, when a college slacker is handed one of the greatest powers in the universe, he must find the hero inside himself before the universe is destroyed by his former mentor. So I'm going to say, Paul, that, you know, you know that there are millions superhero movies out there. So whatever power this guy has is really going to define a lot of this movie. Um, Also, uh, whatever evil plan his mentor has is going to define the movie as well. So you got to get more specific. So try when a college slacker is handed the superpower of blank, he must find the hero inside himself before the universe is destroyed by his former mentor who wants to blank. Can I try filling in that first blank? Yes. The superpower of a knee weakening sex toy. <laughs> I like it. There you go. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so, are we moving? On? Are we yeah. moving to the song? Okay. So, this is a band I've never heard of. Uh, they're listed as alternative rock, hard rock, post grunge, and Christian rock. What? That's what it says here. And, and the band is called Day of Fire, okay. or as I like to say, Day of Fire. <laughs> you said that well. And the song that we're going to hear is "To Fly," which you know, if it's a superhero movie. That makes sense. Guy was going to fly. Let's try it. Oh, there we go. Every morning there's a warning that you follow. It's getting out of you now. To feel the moments of the morning that's so hollow. The love on it being Every band you listen to, how do you not listen to Day of Fire? Because I'm afraid of fire. No, seriously. Uh, I've never heard of them before. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get their stuff now, right? This totally. It sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. No, it does not sound like Ozzy Osbourne. No? Ozzy Osbourne is a Satanist, and this is Christian rock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Also, by the way, the little herky jerky of me getting the song started. If you listen, to, if you give Rock Solid a try, I just want you to know that I don't play the music on Rock Solid. My my producer does. It's beneath me to be playing the music, <laughs> and uh, so it runs very smoothly on my show. Thanks for slumming it on, on but, the page. You know, I'm looking up. I'm looking it. up facts. I'm reading things, and then I'm. All that Fading things up and down. You it's are, ridiculous. You're the man and I do it's appreciate ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Do you fire? We're going to Yolanda Lewis. Hello, Yolanda. Her logline is, Sparks fly between a divorced white plumber with a teen daughter and an Afro-American stylist with a secret addiction in the post-Mike Brown racial minefield of Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. That's that's quite a lot, right? Um, So because it's quite a a lot and because so much of this speaks volumes, some of the details I'm actually going to suggest taking out, like the white plumber with a teen daughter or the African-American stylist with a secret addiction, because I think that the hook of this will come through a little bit more with those edits. So now it would read... Sparks fly between a divorced white plumber and an African-American stylist in the post-Mike Brown racial minefield of Ferguson, Missouri. So that makes more sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, cool. Because the the other things are things that you want to eventually see in the movie. You don't want want everything thrown at you in the log line. Right. And what's the hook? You've got this... Mm -hmm love story right. where there are there's this you know highly charged racial background mm-hmm. and that's going to get in the way um the things like the teen dot teen daughter and the secret addiction are just other elements that are, right. are going to be other other complications right. but not the complication yeah, like you wouldn't say what what kind of car they d- drive or what kind of dog they own in your in your log line exactly so. exactly okay so this uh this song is called fall for you from the album fall for you and the artist is Leela James. Let me find out a little bit about Leela James. She was uh, born in Los Angeles, California. She's, uh, this is R&B, blues, soul. She's a singer-songwriter. Let's hear this song. I mean, I heard it when I, when I got it, but I forget what this one sounds like. So let's hear it. Let me see if I can do a good cue here. Here we are together. And everything between us is good I'm riding this cloud, baby Ready to fly, but before I take another step Would you catch me if I fall for you? Cause I'm falling I'm falling, I'm falling I'm so used to standing So used to being on my Okay, that's my new favorite song ever. Well, I was just going to say, it's not a competition. Loglines is not a competition with the loglines. There's not a competition with the songs. But right now, that's the winner. Oh, my God. Oh, now my this, God. Now, this woman is no slouch. She's been... Oh, by the way, that song came out in 2014. That's when uh, I was 50. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, she has uh, She has uh, six albums. Uh, started... Uh, her first album came out in 2005. Most recent album came out this year. So, that's I w- pretty I great. Want, I want the album that this song is on. No, you just sit back. I a have second. a birthday coming up. Yeah, I know. And there's a lot, a lot of list of a lot of things that people want. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you, Yolanda. And 
yeah, it, it adds the, that plus log line equals a beautiful movie. I'm very interested in that. Okay. We're moving on to Justin Strider and the title of Justin's project is silent running, which is a reboot of the original. Did you see the original silent running? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Remember the other day when you pretended like you were listening to me, but you weren't listening to me? <laughs> Wait, which day was that? It was the other day. Remember when I said, oh, this record label sends me, sends me stuff now to review. I go, but I don't review a lot of it. And they sent me, oh, yeah. they sent me the soundtrack album of the original Silent Running printed on green vinyl. And it's got a song on there sung by Joan Baez. Oh, I remember that. And then you were like pretending like if you... Then I made up. Were, I made were, up the song. You were doing a Joe Joe song that you invented. That is so cool! Wow, I wish I'd paid attention back there. Yeah, maybe sometimes <laughs> if you pay attention, you'll hear things and learn things. Oh, Lord. The song by by Joan is called uh, "Rejoice in the Sun." <laughs> she does a song called "Silent Running" and then a song called "Rejoice in the Sun." I'm sure both of those are big time snooze fests. Please stop. But, well, let's talk about Justin's project for a okay. second. So, you know, a reboot of the original. Now, having not seen Silent Running, I don't know how much you're paying homage or inspired by or just doing a redo. Now, if you're really doing a complete redo, like like this is just a contemporary version of, that's hard. That's not really yours to do. Right. Um, but you could do something that was, like I said, inspired by and make the idea so completely different. But that's not what this is about. This is a logline competition. So I'm going to read the logline and, and give you some feedback. In a future of industrial dominance, an astronaut warrior must protect the last of Earth's botany from his AI overlords who have ordered him to destroy it or die. And... The logline reboot of his reboot is in a future of industrial dominance, an astronaut warrior must protect the last of Earth's botany from his AI overlords who have ordered him to destroy it or die. While I'm sure that that logline does reflect what the movie is, instead of saying um, overlords who have ordered him to destroy it or die, which is, you know, pretty uh, routine for overlords. Um, maybe where the movie lies is in the method of protecting the last of Earth's botany. So in a future of industrial dominance, an astro- astronaut warrior must do something to protect the last of Earth's botany from his AI overlords. So whatever that method is becomes the second act, and that might be more interesting than must protect because somebody's going to say it, destroy it or die. So um, again, should have uh, maybe looked at Silent Running before this uh, before the show, but I didn't. I'm and sorry. I showed you the album the I other know, day. I held it did. right up in front it of your face. What did right you say? Over I, my I, held, head. I held up the album. And you go, is that Rick Springfield? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> so what song? Dude. Okay, so this is interesting. He's got this sci-fi movie, but um, <laughs> he wrote something here too. I'll read it. Uh, Justin said about the song we're going to play, I think it captures the spirit and theme of my adaptation uh, of this nature-y sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So he picked a song by a southern rock band called The Outlaws. Hmm. This song came out in 1975. You were nine. and um, Stop it. I was 11. Stop it. And uh, this album, it's their debut album called Outlaws. It was produced by Paul A. Rothschild, who produced the first four or five Doors albums. Oh, really? Yeah. So if he, if he was able to uh, be in the studio with those 
kooky kids. I'm sure he was able to get something good out of the outlaws. So let's hear some Southern Fried Rock called Green Grass and High Tides. Nature sci fi. Yeah. It goes it goes with it. Yeah. Just so that people know, I didn't just I just didn't start these all these songs from the beginning. I actually listened to these songs and I picked a, a spot that I thought was a good cue point. Unlike me who did not watch Silent Running. No, you wouldn't even look at the album cover. Dismissive. <laughs> totally dismissive. <laughs> now you have to watch John Wick. I'm sorry. Well maybe we should watch Silent Running. No. No. Okay. Are you kidding? Did you see the album cover that I showed? It's horrible. <laughs> I think Rick Springfield's in it. The next person is Craig Griffiths. Now we're winding down. We have we only have two more left. Right. This right. this this episode a little longer than your normal episode. It is. It is, but worth it. Yeah, we're at a, two hours and fifteen minutes right now. Up. How long? How long is it? We're at uh, fifty nine minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So we've got Craig Griffiths. Thank you for submitting, Craig. And the logline is. Desperate to keep her sister out of the drug trade, a girl makes one last drug run for her dealer, who has set her up mistakenly, suspecting she is a con- confidential informant. I hope I said that right. Did you get that? Uh, yeah, I got that. Okay. It seems like when people get involved in the drug racket in movies or TV, things don't always go very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe they should you know, get into a different line of work. So a couple of things that I changed here is, again, I'd love to know what kind of girl, okay? So when you say desperate to keep her sister out of the drug trade, a girl makes one last drug run. Remember, she's our lead, okay? So what kind of girl? Um, and also, um, instead of who has set her up, mistakenly suspecting she's a confidential informant, maybe we can make that a little more active by saying lead a trap. So um, the log line would read, Desperate to keep her sister out of the drug trade, a blank kind of girl makes one last drug run for her dealer who has laid a trap, mistakenly suspecting she is a confidential informant. So uh, what what song did Craig pick? Okay, Craig pricked. I said, uh, I said pricked. Well, don't say it again. Craig picked. Okay. I'll, I'll edit that out. That's okay. So, Craig picked a song by a band called The Cruel Sea. They're from Sydney, Australia. Indie rock, surf rock, blues, funk. Sounds like these people do a lot of things. Maybe they should hone in on one thing and do it well. (laughs) But the song that he picked is called Better Get a Lawyer. So, let's hear what that sounds like. I put my new suit in the cleaners again I took 
the first bus, I didn't look back. Lungs long blowing like a smokestack. Air falling out as the wind blows through it. My horse ran second just like I knew it would. Overflowing ashtray. All right, that was from 1995. I will say that very eclectic mix of songs today. Great mix of songs. All over all over the musical uh, landscape. And I really loved, like, there's, yeah. there was grit in that. There was a little chaos in mm-hmm. it. And if you're going to have a project about um, this this girl who's trying to keep her sister out of a drug trade and right. on the last on a last drug run and you know that that, that really had the go, feel of yeah, the log line definitely yeah. good job good uh, good matchup yeah our, our also last... i just I, I i learned that i actually i guess i could be in a rock band because you don't have to sing um no john done reading some log lines with my wife below and everybody went out to the bar we could start a rock band i'll play the ukulele oh jesus <laughs> yeah. that sounds great honey <laughs> Yeah. Maybe for your birthday, we'll do that. We'll record some tracks and we'll play them. I'll play them on my show. We could, hey, look, let's, uh, you'll feel sorry when I am, you know, when you, when, when you, I have like the top 10 in my ukulele. Yeah, a lot of ukulele players are big. <laughs> yeah, name one. You know, Don Ho, Tiny Tim. I don't know if Don Ho plays the ukulele. <laughs> Pukulele. Oh, Lord. Okay, we're moving on to our very last person, and that is Gage Agnew. You know Gage. Yes, I've. he's asked me to do his podcast, and we had it set up like many, many times, and then I, I had to cancel. Then he then he was sick and said, uh, hey, are we recording tonight? And I said, no, I just saw your, your, you just tweeted that you're sick. I'm not coming to your house. <laughs> so uh, we're eventually going to do it, and I'm sorry, Gage, it's been taking so long. I was on Gage's podcast. I got to talk about uh, living in the nineties, which, as we've now determined, is definitely a period piece, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, at one point, he said, "What was it like the year I was born?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you. Th- I hope that's when you threw your headphones down that's and stormed out. <laughs> Only in my mind. So the title of Gage's project is "Fast Food Attitude." And the logline is, the murder of a manager of a fast food joint forces an off-duty detective to lock down the restaurant till he tracks down the killer. And here's, here's the thing, is I suspect with a name like Fast Food Attitude mm-hmm. and it taking place in a fast food joint mm-hmm. and locking down a restaurant, that it's a comedy, right? I would think so. But I don't think the logline is reflecting that. No. Uh, and I think the Gage is also a funny guy, and I don't think it's reflecting his voice yet. It sounds a, little, um, it sounds a little bit like Murder on the Orient Express, but it's in a fast food place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Um, so maybe like figuring out what kind of a murder it is, like the murder by hamburger or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, murder by chicken nugget. Right. Um, and then also when you lock down the restaurant, you know... Uh, Who's it filled with? You know, filled with what kind of employees? You know, let's get like an adjective. Or, or patrons too. Right. Yeah. So it could be like, uh, you know, slacker employees and disgruntled patrons or something like yeah. that. Something that gets a sense of like, oh, this is where the conflict is. There's a guy be. that just came in to use the restroom and then he comes out of the restroom and finds out he can't leave. Right. Right. So, so it'd be something like the murder by hamburger of a manager of a fast food joint forces an off-duty detective to lock down the restaurant filled with stoned employees and pissed off patrons disgruntled and disgruntled patrons until he tracks down the killer yeah yeah so that just kind of adds a little bit more to it um so i just want to add something about the song that you're about to play the guys from 
Ninja Sex Party mm-hmm. um, were on my show. Yeah, that's yeah. what you told me. Yeah. And so Gage, cool. Gage also picked a song that I'm going to have to edit because there's going to be an F bomb <gasps> dropping. Gage. So when you hear when when you hear this show and you hear like a or something like that, that's they said the F word. So this is um, the artist's Ninja Sex Party. The album is Attitude City, and the song is also Attitude City. So let's hear it. Baby, you're a very sexy lady What's a good girl like to do it in a hood like this? Your life's in danger, every enemy's a stranger Oh, you are with this sound with my iron fist Check my sunglasses, broke with that I kick some asses, no more classes You've been schooled and now you know the deal Everyone here has a black belt in amazing And diplomas from the university You can keep it in real that's how we live Welcome to Attitude City No books are given Sounds like a song that would be uh, in like an 80s movie or, Called Attitude City Maybe this maybe this fast food attitude is set in the 80s it, I don't know It reminds me of something that would be in an animated TV show You know Where, yeah. where kids are running really fast Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, like Phineas and Ferb or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, it's a comedy gauge. I'm positive it's a comedy. So make it as funny as you are. Um, I want to thank everybody who has contributed to this show. And um, I think we should do it again next year. Don't you, Pat? I got that thing. If so. you don't do it with me, I'll find somebody else from Rock Solid. I'll get one of your co-hosts. Will you let and me? And then you'll be sorry. What if, what if you let me? What I'll do it on. But if you let me, if you let me play the playout song. Oh no! So instead of your normal song, okay. This song and the, and the song's called "At the Movies." Okay. Do you, is that a deal? That is the deal. Okay. Don't play it yet, though. I'm not gonna because we got some stuff we got to talk about. I know. Why don't you tell everybody what we're going to talk about? Because this was your idea. <laughs> well, uh, I started a Patreon page, and so I suggested to Pilar that she start a Patreon page because she has legitimate fan base <laughs> and legitimate big number Twitter, 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 Twitter followers. <laughs> and you know, she teaches all over the world, and so she's got a big fan base. So I said, you should start a, uh, you should start a Patreon page because people like you, and they might want to support all the hard work you do on your podcast. Well, so also. This helps get some of the handouts that people have uh, usually have to write in for. You could actually sign up uh, to contribute $5 or more and uh, you contribute $5 per month mm-hmm. or more. And, uh, and those handouts will automatically be posted on the Patreon page for you to get. Um, right. There's different tiers on the, they started a $2 tier all the way up to, you know, crazy what? tiers, but, but the, but the incentives, um, are comparable to what you would be paying per month. So, so in the two dollar tier, we give you a shout out on the show, and uh, then with the five dollar tier, um, there are those handouts that we mentioned. And uh, right now, there are some on the Patreon page already, which is the industry ready checklist, but also two hundred writing tips. Uh, they were compiled from. 200 tips that had previously been put on Twitter over the years, but we've got those tips for you right there, um, as well as the pitch sheet, a pitch template. So you might want to check that out and uh, become a $5 uh, 
supporter. We've also got $10 tier. And at the $10 tier, um, uh, I'm looking here to, to see what I got. But, oh, I know what it was. It's a Q&A video. So you can submit uh, any questions that you want, and then you will actually get a private video that answers everybody's questions the, once a month. And the way Patreon works is uh, only people who paid $10 a month will have access to that uh, to that perk. Right. And they get the handouts and they get a, hand, a shout out. Yeah. As the tiers increase, whatever was the reward for the previous tier, you get it. So whatever the reward was for the $2 tier, the $5 tier gets it. Whatever the reward was for $5 tier, the, you know, the people get it. So, And then we go to a $25 tier and not only do you get the video and the handouts, mm. but you can actually submit a log line or an action line right. or a character description once a month and I will give you direct feedback on it through email. So you get your feedback on your stuff. You get the video, you get the handouts yeah. and that's 25 a month. So, but I would just, I would just say, go, you know, head over there and check it out. The way to find it is patreon.com forward slash. And then is it your name or is it on the page podcast? It is, uh, it is, <laughs> I think it's on the page podcast. Wait, let me look. What's the URL? It should be right above I, you. It isn't. Here we go. Yes. It is okay. on the page podcast. So what I would do is just head over there, check it out. You'll see all the, all the perks and all the tiers. And if you'd like to support Pilar, that's a good way to do it. It's easy. And uh, you would find it by going to patreon.com forward slash on the page podcast. And and pretty simple. There are two big money perks there. Like we don't expect anybody to actually do them. But if you go, check it out. Because um, you might like them. And they're, they're very practical. Um, but if you're feeling completely loaded and you have some friends you want to do it with, just check it out. Go to the Patreon page and find out. So that is my official launch of the Patreon page for instead of just the donation page, we'll have this from now on. And I promise not to be uh, talking about it at length like this every week. I just wanted people to know maybe it there. Pin, maybe pin a tweet that has the the URL. So people, if they follow you on Twitter, it'll be right there at the top and they can just click on it and find it. Okay. That's a deal. That's a deal. Uh, we can find you on Twitter at, uh, at on the page. And, uh, I think this would be a good time to actually thanks. Thank my patrons right now. Yeah. Okay. You, can, you, you haven't really even launched this yet and you already have a few people who found it. Yeah. We only like about two weeks ago, I kind of put it out there and, and so and people found it. Yeah. So let me already thank some $25 uh, patrons, Greg Robin Smith, also known as Benjamin Franklin. He has been on the show twice talking about Shakespeare and he is fantastic and he's a longtime listener. Thank you for your $25 donation. Gina Woodruff, who'd already donated a hundred dollars. Maybe Gina doesn't know what she's getting into here. You know, I, my gosh, Gina, thank you. So anyway, she's a $25 uh, uh, supporter. supporter. And then we've got John Worsley, who's been listening to the show forever um, and is a longtime client as well. He donated $5. Then we've got John Edwards, $5. And Wendy Goody, $5, also a client. Um, in the $2 category, we've got Mark Dispenza, um, thank you so much, Mark. And we've got a, a guy named Pat Francis. I wanted to, I wanted to figure out what was going on over there. 
I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing out on anything. <laughs> Thanks for the $2 a month, Pat. Yeah, that's 24 large. <laughs> you can find me at Pat underscore Francis, and you can find my podcast on Twitter at Pat. No, that's wrong. A lot, wrong? Edits, you know? lot of edits. No, you don't have to edit that one. I edit a lot of this. Yeah. And then you can find my podcast at Rock Solid Show. Which is... Excellent. Like I said, um, I've, I think we've covered everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now you agreed that I could play this song called at the movies from 2001. It's going to be one of the worst songs that you've ever heard. It is by Neil Diamond. Oh no. I hate Neil Diamond. I know, but you agreed to it. Wait, wait. Should we say have a good writing week? Can I tell everybody? Yes. Okay. Hey, thank you for listening. Have a good writing week. Thinking happen Movie time Anything you can't imagine Come on, come on, come on, come on Let's go You got to see it to believe it I hear that Hollywood's a very tough scene Where else does someone eat that co-star on screen?